welcome to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss the how-to of creating conscious leadership for business, life and the world. With ordinary people doing extraordinary things and being truly in control of their own health, wealth and happiness. Knowledge plus action with a plan creates magical results. Introducing your host, Julie Hogbin, author, international speaker, mentor, disruptor, and creator of Conscious Leadership, and property investor living in the UK. Hello, all you wonderful Conscious Leadership podcast listeners. I have got the absolute delight to be sat in a living room in Southampton with a magical woodland outside talking to and interviewing Catherine, um, Catherine Veer, who I have known for a few months now. Um, it's, it's my absolute pleasure to do this interview, and it truly, truly, truly is. And Catherine is an emotional and spiritual health mentor. I have been working with Catherine for the last couple of months. Um, I'm delighted that she's agreed to do this interview. So the, the whole concept of the podcast is around conscious leadership which is around us making decisions that lead us to be more conscious in our business and our life. Catherine's been personally helping me do that. Um, we've had some, I've had some experiences. So Catherine, conscious leadership, we've had these conversations around all sorts of different subject matters, you know, emotional and spiritual health mental, which is exactly what you're doing for me. Mm-hmm. Conscious leadership, what does what does that mean for you? Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, studies have shown that 95% of our days and what we do and our behaviour is driven by unconscious factors, right? Yep. So on that basis, um, most of us are only conscious 5% of the time. Oh, And there's us thinking we're in control of our lives and making all these wonderful decisions. So what is it? I mean, the question that you then have to ask yourself is, so what is pushing or um, making us act in particular ways for the the other 95% of the time? And that is the deep inner stuff that um, most of us find it very difficult to navigate on our own or, or deal with, particularly when life is is busy. So, um, but obviously it's absolutely essential because if we're aiming to be conscious leaders, then we have to take responsibility for the parts of us that aren't quite so conscious and might be calling out for our attention. And are we listening? Uh, okay, so 95% of the time, so the research says, so lots of people say, so I think there's a sort of an agreed agreed figure of 95% of the time. Um, we operate out of habit. So I know with some of the work we've been doing, and I, and I believe in this, so, you know, I'm absolutely open and believe in everything that we're talking about and we do. So for the listeners, um, you know, please bear that in mind as well. If we're 95% of the time habit, so 5% of the time we're making a conscious decision. Where do all those habits and that 95% of unconsciousness come from? 
Well, that's that's the thing that's that's really kind of interesting, and obviously for somebody like me, it's absolutely fascinating, because the root cause of so many. This is where I kind of go with people. The root cause of these things can be absolutely anything. Yeah. Um, you know, from for example raw unprocessed trauma that's been passed down through the generations something that may have happened sort of five generations ago that is still alive that still has a charge that nobody in your ancestry has understood and they've simply passed it on as a pattern and nobody really knows where it's come from um, but it's affecting everybody in 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 a, you know in in a different way depending on their personality and those of us that are, are susceptible and are affected by these things you know can can affect your your whole life your relationships your attitude to to business your relationship with yourself um, and and your destiny everything by something that that you're not even responsible for I mean, it could be something that happened um, at your birth. It could have. It could be something that happened, sort of in a you know in a car accident that that sort of affected your way of thinking or your way of believing. Um, it could have affected your body so that you end up with an awful lot of pain. Um, and then if you're not listening to your your body's pain, you can end up or you know you can end up with all sorts of um, illnesses and and diseases and and, and issues. In, in your body, um, if you're if you're not aware of these things and you don't know how to release a shock from your body, for example, the shock is still stuck there in the tissue wherever wherever it, it came in, and uh, you know until it's released in some way, all you can ever do is sort of manage the symptoms, which is the kind of thing that the you know the doctors talk about doing. So it could be something that comes down through the ancestry. It could be something from birth. It could be that something happens in relationship it could be something that happens in your your family dynamic because you know we're so unconscious we don't know any better do we when we're no. brought up in our families it could be bereavement and and mostly people muddle through and and they manage things but um when things really you know when the when when things really um get difficult for people and they're in a very overwhelmingly painful period of their life and um, where they either going to be shutting down or they're going to go to the doctor because they they want painkillers or they want um they, they want something for the anxiety or something like that all they're really doing is suppressing the symptoms and a similar thing you've got a bad back people tend to think oh I'll go to an osteopath or I'll go to a chiropractor yeah. people don't think any deeper than that Julie into well, you know what is actually causing this and actually asking the question which would lead you into is it something that that i'm not fulfilling in myself have i got a purpose i haven't yet found what is my soul crying out for you know i'm in a relationship that's not going anywhere um you know is it is it where i'm living is it for example some people live in environments that, that are fairly toxic yeah for a number of reasons. I mean, it could be um, something in the, you know, underneath, under the earth. It could be something, you know, around the, the environment. Um, it could be people that, that, it could even be people that built the house with a really negative energy that's created yeah. a, an atmosphere that you're then living in. 
Um, and until you actually go into this um, in a sort of sort of diagnostic way to find out what's really caused the thing, um, then you're really just managing the symptoms and patching things up and going for the, you know, um, and people think that that's the fast way. But for, for people who are really into conscious leadership, the really fast way is, you know, is to work with somebody who can help you facilitate you to find out what's really going on and release it fully and totally so that that charge not only doesn't affect you anymore, it doesn't affect everybody you meet and it doesn't affect your, your um, children and the future generations. You're clearing it for everybody. You know, if you have that attitude as a, as a conscious leader that the buck stops here, yeah. then you're going to say, right, I am going to dedicate myself to doing everything that I can to release and free anything that's affecting me um, because I want to be free and I want to be a model of what it's like to be free in this world. Yeah, that's it's that's very interesting. So um, I met you a couple of months ago and one of the things that um, – I don't know, there was a connection. Mm -hmm. And I told you at the time that I had met three people who said that they did the same thing as you. And I just felt um, from two of them that they weren't the right person for me, uh, which is how I've connected with you. And going back to that, the reason, and, and listeners, please hear this. So last July, which is just over a year ago now, I lost my mother. Mm. Um became an orphan for the first time and that's how I felt lost my identity didn't know who I was or what I was I'm a business person I'm a businesswoman I've got a property investment business um, I do coaching consultancy mentoring I work with leaders in business and all of a sudden I became lost so um, I've been working with Catherine over the last couple of months to 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 deal with those emotions that I didn't know what to do with now interestingly and Catherine and I have just had a conversation around emotional health and emotional well-being. And I've just said to Catherine that one of my friends, so my belief is that we don't need medicine. Yes, we do for some things. So you know, please hear me on that. But I didn't feel the need. I don't take aspirins. I don't I don't take put any artificial things in my body. It's one of those things that I have been a true believer of for decades after reading an article about self-employed people, bizarrely. But I came um, connected with Catherine. And at the same time, one of my best friends was telling me that I needed to go to the doctor to get antidepressants to deal with the grief of losing my mum. Losing my mum. I haven't lost her. I know where she is. But the grief of mum dying, the bereavement. And I knew that wasn't right. I knew that that's... And don't ask me how I knew, but antidepressants I don't see. I don't see as a as a a way of dealing with something for me. And I know people do, um, who I believe are I'm going to say less conscious. I'm not making any judgments. People you know do things with the level of knowledge they've got at the time. So I've sat here with Catherine this morning, mm. and talk about synchronicities. <laughs> um, you know we're going to do the podcast interview. Um, Catherine, do you want to share what you heard this morning about um, 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, last night, I was listening to the radio this morning, and last night the health secretary, Matt Hancock, um, warned that Britain was now in the grip of an over-medication crisis. And he promised yeah. immediate action. Um, and going into the detail of that, that was all about the fact that people get insomnia, they get anxiety, um, they have um, pain, they have depression, and they go to the doctor for um, for medicate and to take medication that should only be taken short term, you know, for yeah. a month or three months. But what they're saying is, in half of cases in Britain now, people has continued are continuing to take prescribed drugs and medication for at least twelve months. It's meant to be short term. Yeah. And, um, you know, clearly this is, this is becoming a crisis and the fear is that we'll end up, you know, in, in the same situation that they are in, in the States, you know, something yes. isn't done. And the review that w- w- they were discussing this morning said that people struggling with these issues like pain and depression should be offered alternatives to medication. <laughs> But <laughs> what 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 are these what are these alternatives and do people see them as alternatives or are they quite happy to continue taking you know prescribed drugs because what they work or they they patch things up or they feel kind of okay now from from the way that that I, that I understand and believe and and operate I would say I want my clarity you know, yes. I want to feel clear because when I feel clear, that's when my creativity comes in. Yeah. That's when my awareness comes in. This yeah. is when I can live in the present moment. This is when I can have the most impact and the most influence yeah. is where I can be most myself, most true to myself because I'm in touch with my feelings um, and, and, and I'm, I'm knowing myself and and I'm aware of myself, and I'm aware of everything going on around me. I want that awareness. I want to be present. Because, you know, we've been given this wonderful human body. We've been given this beautiful mind. And we've been given this incredible heart, which which is the doorway into our own source of wisdom, Julie. You know, and you know, what an amazing gift to give people to say, rather than people thinking, right, I go to the doctor and and trust what they say, I trust the friend that says I need antidepressants. You know, how about going to somebody who says, look, you don't need to, Mm. to, to sort things out externally. What you need to do is go within yourself and all the answers you will ever need are within yourself. But guess what? You know, there may be a whole emotional fog Yes, that's absolutely. There, yeah. that you're going to have to go through first to find that doorway to that wisdom. But it's worth it because once you do that work and you enter through that doorway, you don't need to go outside yourself because then you get the resonances in the outer world and the outer world reflects that beautiful inner peace and, and harmony and contentment and clarity that, that that you want. Because I remember when you first came to me, that was the one thing you were saying to me. You said, I want clarity. Yeah, I was. That? I do. I was in a, I was in a, I felt when I came to you that I had, I the fog was lifting because it had been sort of nearly a year since mum had died and and lots of other things had happened in that year. But I felt the fog was lifting what I didn't realise was how much more fog there was to lift because of the emotion, um, 
that I probably had been pushing down and pushing away, but I knew I was really sad. And I, I knew I, I knew, I felt whatever word that I needed something. I didn't know what the something was until I met you and we connected. Um, and the clarity that come from that, that in a very short space of time was, was and still is so powerful. Um, and, I, and I have said to Catherine a few times, I don't actually know what she does, but whatever she does, she does it very well, people. Um, and of course, you, you know, you need to connect with the person that you're working with. But um, this, this whole thing, because I can't honestly say that I have been, I'm not going to say particularly in tune with my emotions for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know when that happened because i think i was then i think something happened i don't and again you know we've worked on stuff at a really deep unconscious level and i know that's lifted and now i'm thinking oh now i've got all these feelings and emotions i'm like, now what do i do with them <laughs> so now i'm managing them and mm. um, but from a very much more conscious perspective mm. but i think i was in tune with my emotions at one point in my life then something happened and they sort of got dampened a bit. And then over the last five years, with three deaths in my immediate family over the last five years and a relationship breakup and all various other stuff, business-wise, I've suddenly realised that whatever the emotions were that I was experiencing and I'd started to get pains in various parts of my body and I'm thinking, this isn't right, I don't suffer, I don't get ill, I'm, this isn't me, mm -hmm. I need to do something. I didn't, I truly didn't want to go to the doctor for tablets. I don't like tablets, I don't take tablets, I never have. And I'm thinking, why did my immediate thought, or one, why did one of my first thoughts go to the doctor? My secondary thought was, no, you haven't done for the last 40 years, why are you thinking of doing that now? Part of me sort of looks at this sort of thing as, well, they're the specialists. They know what they're doing. I know doctors aren't trained. You know, the medical health profession is under a lot of strain at the moment in the UK. This is where we're recording this for, for the international listeners. We do have a fabulous mental, um, a fabulous national health service that, um, you know, provides fabulous care, fabulous operations, fabulous treatment for a lot of people. Um, you know, and a lot of it, I'm going to say is free, we pay national health insurance type thing, but it's not a private insurance. This is available to everybody. So it's a fabulous service. It's not doing what it was designed for when it was initially set up. And I think in, it was the 50s. We're in the earlier part of the 20, well, 10% into the 20% into the 21st century as this is being recorded. And it's under a lot of strain. It's under a lot of pressure. I know that the general practitioners out there in, um, you know, the surgeries, they're not trained to deal with depression. They're not trained to deal with stress-related um, um, uh, emotional issues. I've done a lot of research on this because I used to be, I used to do a lot of work um, within the retail field with stress management and what causes stress. So I've done a lot of research on this. They're not actually trained to deal with that or prescribe for that. So where am I going with this? I think within the UK, we, we give the men in the white coats the power 
over our future. And part of this whole thing, I say I know, it's what we do as humans. We give our power away to those that we put in authority or are in authority over us. Lots of research on this, which I can do a, um, a separate podcast on, a separate recording on. And when you think about conscious leadership, one of the things we have to do to be conscious is to not do what we've always done. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a convoluted way of getting round to if you think about if you do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always had. Mm-hmm. So how, how can we educate, inform, this podcast is part of it, how can we educate, inform, create the self-awareness and an awareness in in us and out there that actually what we've always done isn't perhaps what is the best for us for our future how do we how do we get that message out there how can you help get that message out there <laughs> well it's a big really, big ask a really big one, Julius. <laughs> it really is um and so I think it's a lot about, uh, you know, personal belief. Yeah. Because if you're just getting through the day, getting through the month, getting through your life, um, ticking boxes, uh, and you're happy with that, uh, that then, then, you know, pop a few pills and that's fine. If you're really here to make a difference in the world, which is, the you know, the people that, that um, show up at my door, <laughs> they, you know, they're on a mission. You can't hold them back. Um, their problem is they're just not attracting, you know, the right opportunities or, or clients because their energy isn't in the right place. And um, one of the most, uh, I think one of the messages here is that one of the most underutilized resources is emotional energy. Yeah. We don't even have that term. You, you hardly ever even hear the term emotional energy. Because um, most people, you know, emotions is a dirty word, right? Yeah, you, you know, don't want to be upset. You don't want to cry. You don't want to be showing your emotions. You don't want to feel anything. <laughs> um, you want to shove it all down. And, and of course, that the doctors are in line with um, with our belief system. So that's, you know, again, yeah. what they're going to do is to help us manage and get through the day and get through our lives and tick the boxes and yeah. little boxes on the hillside type of, you know, type <laughs> of approach. But when you understand that um, when we have emotions going on in our body, it's such an individual thing. We are here to individuate, to become, you know, who who we were intended to be. We all look in absolutely different. All yes. of, we operate differently, we think differently. And, and so why do we have to be the same? Why is it the same approach for everybody? Everyone is different. The world needs uh, diversity. Yeah. The world needs individuality, creativity. If that's all being stymied because we're in some emotional chaos within ourselves, which is overwhelming, we cannot be giving our gift to the our gift fully to the world and nor can we be attracting in the right contacts and uh, opportunities for for our for our gift to to be you know to be shining out into the world so i think it's really important to understand that when you have a strong emotional or a mix of emotions going on in you or fog we've talked about that that um you have to be brave enough to look at it you have to be brave enough to 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 start to feel it because this is the this is like our waking our own wake up system 
And although it feels to begin with that these emotions are working against us because they tend to come out in that way, they're actually our fuel for greatness. This is where the fuel is that we've been looking for. I mean, I don't know about you, but I go around to some of these business courses and follow business (laughs) strategies. You see all these people sitting there hoping that the next business person, the next business strategy is going to give them the answer um, and they're going to follow it. And somehow their business is going to to go to the next level. But we know that the only way that's going to happen is if you do the inner work and the inner change. Yeah, absolutely. So people who have that awareness and understanding are going to say, right, this emotion is here for a reason. Yeah. It's got a purpose. It's here to teach me something. It's here to give me this fuel for greatness. So if you start from that position, then you have a curiosity about where it comes from and what it's here to take to to do for you and where it's here to lead you. Now, I'll give you an example of that. And that is that um, I remember one day um, feeling um, sort of quite uh, angry about something one of my stepkids (laughs) had done. And I decided to to follow this energy of anger, right? Yeah. I decided to follow it. So I was stomped down into the car, got into the car, and I was still, you know, kind of like <laughs> effing and blinding on my way in the car, just but following where the car wanted me to go, um, ended up in town, parked by the library, got out of the car, still slammed the car door into the library, <laughs> boom, boom, boom. And I carried on stomping and I stopped, right, in front of a corral of books and I looked up and there was this one book there that that my eye alighted upon and it was all about um, how to, you know, how to, the, 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 the way to write a book, you know, in terms of grammar and everything else, which was absolutely amazing. And I took it down and I opened it up and I just thought, wow, wow. That's just the book I was looking for. But if I hadn't followed my anger, I hadn't allowed my anger to take me somewhere geographically, you know, but who would have thought of that? If I wasn't the sort of person that was curious about my emotions um, and, and, and open to what they have to give me, the gifts that they had to give me, I would never have found that book, you know, but it's yeah. an absolute treasured, treasured book of mine now. bought, gone and bought, you know, bought myself a copy. Um, and I guess that's that. So for me, that's what it, that's what it's about. Is the, that these emotions are so precious. Now, one of the thi- one of the the models I think that's useful here is is to think of it in terms of the of the four elements. So if we yeah. say that most of us are in the element of air, so we go along to the business trainings and we follow the strategies yeah. because that's the, that's the academic intellectual um, advice. That's what <clears throat> everyone does. That's what the gurus say to do. So we're all up in, up in our heads following the advice. And that is up in our heads is up in the air. So we're all up in the air and, and we're following the theories. We're following the practices. We're doing what we meant to, we think we're meant to be doing. And then we have the emotions. And if we if we ignore the emotions, we just insist we're going to stay up. We're only ever going to experience what it's like on the level of air, of breathing. That's all we're going to experience. But if we get, even from this podcast, people can get the understanding, the awareness, the 
potential that there is something to be gained by actually attending to our emotions as they rise up. Then we're going to say, well, what happens if I allow myself to flow with that emotion? What happens if I understand under that emotion there is an energy that might be valuable to me? And it's not just my brain labeling it as an emotion I don't want to have, so I've got to get rid of it manage it, work my way through it. Yeah. What if I can follow it? Because if you follow it, you're then moving into the, the you're moving to the element of water and you're flowing. You're then starting to flow from the air through your emotions, through your body. You're starting to become aware of what's going on in your body. Um, so you have that bodily awareness as well and you're flowing and you're following and you're trusting these emotions that are going to take you to a good place. So then you're not only got the air, but then you've got the element of water as well. So you're starting to get more flow going on in your life. You're starting to become more aware of your feelings. You're starting to become aware of, of what's actually going on and where they're coming from. And when you've got enough of that work that's happened, then you can go into the earth and you start to ground these, 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 um, these energies and these valuable emotions. And that's where they start, they, they nurture, they grow, right? Yeah. And, 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 and then you are in your body, you're in your awareness, you're listening to your body, you're listening to your life. I mean, a practice that I've, I've had just to, to share with people for, for decades now is, you know, every day I think to myself, in the evening, what are the three things that really got me emotionally today? What touched me today? And if I, once I've identified those three things, I take each one and put my hands on my tummy and I breathe into and I look at what happened and I breathe into it and I ask my body and the spirit of my body, because I believe bodies have their own spirit. Mm -hmm. um, what do I need to learn from this? What can I learn from this? Right? And I'll give you an, ex I'll give you an example of that one. So I thought it was quite fascinating. Um, was one of the things that, that came to me a few years ago was, was I was walking up the hill and uh, in Winchester where I used to live and there was, a, there was a woman in front of me with a pushchair and her two kids and I knew who she was. And I was walking up behind her. And as I was walking up behind her, I don't know if you do this, but I was thinking to myself, what am I going to say when I get yep. up alongside her? Yep. And I was sort of planning my words and everything else. And I got up alongside her. I had my mouth open to speak to her. And I realised it was not the woman I thought she was. <laughs> right? Yeah. Now, you could probably say that most people would just walk on and go, oh, I just, how silly and forget about it. But because I have this practice and I'm absolutely fascinated about what I can learn from my life, I see my whole life as learning. I see that we all have this individual learning blueprint. If we become aware of it, we choose to become aware of it, that we can learn from every detail that happens. But the easiest way to learn is by seeing what emotionally triggers us. Yeah. So that triggered me because, you know, there it was and, and I thought it was something and then it wasn't. So I was like, oh, you know. So when I came to, to reflect on the day and I put my hands on my tummy and I remembered, my, saw myself walking up behind her. I saw myself going through that experience of, of <laughs> opening my mouth and realising <laughs> it wasn't her and it wasn't her kids. Um, 
and I thought, what can I learn from this? And I, I stayed very quiet for a little while and I was breathing um, into my tummy and opening myself within myself for my own wisdom to come yep. through. And do you know what came through? What came through is absolutely fascinating. It said, you have to be so careful, Catherine, because it's like your life is like the dot to dots and your mind is filling in the gaps. Yes. Your mind sees a few dots and yes. it fills in a whole picture. Yes. And you have to be much more alert with your mind. Yes. Right? Yeah. I learned that. Yeah. Now that is really interesting because there is a piece of research, psycho um, psychology, and that is exactly what we do. We have a certain piece of information and our unconscious mind fills in the gaps mm -hmm. so for for um have you again just as some questions because i do this when i do leadership yeah. training with with people have you ever had a conversation with somebody on the phone you then get to meet them and they don't actually look like what you think absolutely yes that's your mind filling in the gaps and we do it all the time mm. and within business you write an email or a text message or you know, whatever it is the communication because the the receiver only has the words in in type in text, they put the emotion onto the words. So um, and quite often, and it, it's happened to me. You read an email and you, and you in your head you're going, well they're angry, because we plant the emotion just from the the written words. So part of this is. Is, and then we don't do anything about thinking, oh, they're angry. But that affects our relationship with the other person mm -hmm. because that's what we think and believe and it's gone in, oh, they're angry. They're this type of person. Mm -hmm. That then affects us when we next meet them. And it's just from a set of typed words. Or, you know, we have the phone call with someone and then we they don't look like what we think they look like and that affects our relationship. So oh, that's just come from what you've said, um, and the and the, there is a there is a theory that we get part of the information, we make it up, and that's why people have a tendency to gossip because they get part of the information. It's when communication channels fail within life, within business, within organisations, they get part of the information because they don't get the rest of it. They fill the gap in of the story. Mm. And they fill the gap in with the story, which is from gossip. So quite often they fill the gap in and it's not the truth because it becomes a very subjective result rather than an objective reality, mm -hmm. um, which then affects relationships. So again, coming back to what you do, because I really do know you can, you, you can make this happen for people. How do we, so I'm pretty good at being really objective mm -hmm. because I've learned that gossip doesn't work. Um, the subjective, subjectivity of things just is an assumption. It's generally not true, mm -hmm. generally not true. On very rare occasions has the subjective feeling that I get when I go with my gut actually been the truth. And I do trust my gut. I do rely on my gut a lot. And then I analyze I suppose actually a bit like you've just said about putting your hand on your stomach. Yes. I'll have the gut feeling and then I go, okay, what does that mean? 
Yes. And I can track, oh, it's interesting because we haven't talked about this. No, no, no. Um, and then I track it back and go, all right, okay. And I'll, yeah. I'll back it up with fact because right. I'm logical. <laughs> yeah, you're laughing because you now know that how logical and non-emotional at times I am. How do we waken the awareness of gut instinct because it's telling us something? Mm-hmm. How do we waken, because some people just will ignore it. Yes. And they, it's yeah. just wrong. Got to go with what's in my head. It's in, it's intelligence rather than, it's IQ intelligence quotient rather than emotional quotient, yes. emotional intelligence, yes. which a few years ago was big news within business. Sure. How do we, as conscious leaders in business in life, mm-hmm. how do we awaken that ability? Yeah, great question. Thank great, you. Great question. <laughs> And um, I think it's, it's well, partly what, you know, just to go back to what, what I was saying is partly is if you have a daily practice where and a belief system yeah, okay. where you believe that yeah. everything in your life is happening for a reason and is there to give you that information, that very, 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 very personalized information and learning. If you see your life as your personal learning blueprint, Oh, I like that one. Right? Yeah. You are going to pay attention to what goes on in your life because that is where your learning is coming from. If it is your learning field, then that is the field you need to look in to learn from. So you're not yep. just looking okay. to um, to extract information and data. You are looking to see how that reflects to your inner self and and what the meaning is that you can derive from it and how you can become a better version of yourself by the information that you that you're getting from life once you're you're actually digesting it once you're actually taking it into yourself and 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 with curiosity to find out yes. where it's coming from that's how you can learn is by having that kind of a practice i'm sure there's many different practices you can have like mindfulness and um Meditation is another. There are a lot of things you can do. So, so doing something where you're actually, you're actually seeing your life as your learning field and your your place for growth. That is that is one you know that is one thing. And um, another one is your pain wakes you up. You know our pain wakes us up. So, yes. Julie, if I was your guardian angel, right? Yes, I'm, you are. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. No, I have my own, but Catherine is no, at the minute. Anyway, let's, just, let's just say, for the sake of argument, we're obviously having an argument here, but let's just say I was your guardian angel. Yes, or, or let, right, you're certainly I'm, my mirror okay, at times. I'll, I'll, I'll make this even easier. Let's say you were your guardian angel. Yes. Right? You, even better, that's right. So you were your guardian angel. You're Julie's guardian angel, right? Yeah. Now, over there is this amazing business opportunity, this amazing relationship, um, whatever you like. You know, yeah. This amazing house is over there that you need to buy or see or rent out, whatever it is that you need to do, right? Yeah. And you are looking over here. I'm looking in the opposite direction. you're looking in the opposite direction. If you were your guardian angel, what have you got to do to get you to look over there? Turn my head. <laughs> Um, my guardian yeah. angel, I'd have to listen. What do I have to do? Well, if you're oh, wow, blimey. Up, if you're wrapped up over here, you're all happy and excited with whatever you're doing over here, and you're looking over here. Yeah. How are you going to wake you up to look over there? <laughs> oh, listeners, I've been put on the spot. 
what have I got to do to wake myself up to look in the opposite direction? Mm. Stop. What would you use as your guardian angel? What method would you have to use to get you to look in a different direction? <laughs> oh, I'll help you. I'll help you. Thank out. you. <laughs> I'd have to create pain. I'd have to create drama, wouldn't I? Oh. Because otherwise you'd just be quite happily going along down this road. You see, we'd all be going down these little roads quite happily bumbling but that, along. But that other road might be okay. It might be okay. But if, if, if you were your guardian angel and you had a much bigger vision in mind, a much bigger purpose and mission for you. Yeah. And you needed oh, to look okay. over there to find it. Yeah. And you were like, no, 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 I'm committed to this path. And I'm I'm committed to these people, and I, and I and these this belief system, and and this is what's going to work. Even if it's not working, even if you're falling on your face, you're going to carry on walking down that path. You're going to be scratching along that path, crawling along that path, right? Because yes. you're not aware that there's another one over there. So if you were your guardian angel to wake you up, you have to give you some sort of pain. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I've fallen in, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I'm connecting dots. <laughs> So, so oh the pain, pain can be very funny at times, you know. <laughs> so the pain has a purpose, right? Your pain has yes, a purpose. Yes, of course it a, does. A wake, you asked me about waking up. Most yeah. of us have to have pain to wake up. That's the sad fact of the matter because we do not wake up without yeah. the pain. This is, this is actually really interesting. So for uh, listeners, I'm fascinated by what Catherine does and how... She describes things and how she and the learning she has and the knowledge she has and the connection she has at all levels. Thank you. Um, and this is really interesting because we, as entrepreneurs, as business people, we, I've done it, so I'm speaking from my experience, and I know other people do the same thing. You start on a path, you go down a path until something happens that diverts you from that path, as in the pain, whatever that pain, however that pain may appear, we don't see the other opportunities. So um, I'll give you a, a prime example. Sure. Um, so in 2011, I left a partnership of uh, within a learning development organisation. I was a partner in there. I had got... Um, uh, for want of a better word, fed up, banging my head up against a brick wall. We were a learning development catalyst for change organisation and we weren't changing. Mm -hmm. The pain of sitting in a meeting with a team that once was 14 that had become four, this was back in 2011, was so painful for me that in the moment, and I'm not advising anybody to do this, I resigned. I left the partnership, um, <laughs> didn't have any income coming in um, and went off and searched and I was in I was in a fortunate position that I could fund that for a while but as part of that growing process from the pain I ended up forex trading multi-level marketing um, I did some internet marketing I went through a completely new learning process of the world to see what else was out there to allow me to grow, allow me to develop, allow me to wake up because I went from corporate and I went from corporate into entrepreneurial land. And it's just like, whoa, this is a whole nother ballpark that I didn't even know existed. Um, and I ended up becoming a property investor, uh, a landlord. 
I ended up forex trading once, stopped. Yeah. I'm going back into it, but in a different guise because I didn't know all the options yeah. because I only saw a very small part of the world. Um, so I've learned a lot working with Catherine, um, loads of um, various masterminds, business masterminds, personal development masterminds, started my own, run my own, all of those sorts of things that you know, come up, you know, now Conscious Leadership podcast because we're all we're all in a place. We're there for a reason. We learn what we learn for, for where we need to learn. What we need to learn is my belief. Um, and then we, I think we need to grow um, because the world is constantly changing. If we don't constantly change with the world, we get left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, new technology. Uh, you some of the practical things technology is changing this world on a level of unbelievableness for me you know the the high street is changing because of technology we're buying online we're not going to the shops as such as in high street shops everything is changing and unless we change with it and grow and develop your know, jobs for life are not there anymore you know, our final pension salaries, they're few and far between. In the UK, you know, we're fortunate we get a government pension when we get to a certain age, mm-hmm. but that's being pushed back. So so mine would have been 60, it's now 67, because of the changes over the years. Do I actually ever think I'm going to get a government pension to fund me for my future? My belief is no. And I'm certainly not relying on it, which is why in 2011... Or part of one of the reasons in 2011 I made the change. Mm. I did something different because I was dying, for want of a better word. Probably emotionally, probably mentally, probably intellectually because of how that partnership was working. I didn't know that at the time. But the pain come from lack of change. This is really interesting because I hadn't associated it to that before. Mm. So... If somebody's a bit afraid of change, how can you, because people are afraid of change because it's going into the unknown. Mm-hmm. And I know we've done some deep exploration of my unknown. <laughs> oh, I've learned a lot. Um, how do we... And you were quite scared at the beginning. I was petrified at the beginning. And I'm somebody who has said, I don't have fears. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of heights. I'm not afraid of dark. I'm not afraid of um, flying. I'm not afraid of getting in my car on the motorway. I'm not afraid of spiders. I'm not afraid of snakes. I'm not afraid of public speaking. I don't have fears and I have never been so scared in all my life (laughs) because it was really, truly the unknown. I couldn't see it. That's interesting. I couldn't see it. Um, And I've gone there because I know it's what I needed and perhaps my lack of fear in other areas have enabled me to do that slightly easier than perhaps perhaps something so how do we if people are afraid of something you know anxiety is a forward focused emotion about something that they perceive may happen Mm. um i call it the worry gene um my mum had it i don't have it Perhaps I chose not to take it on board. You know, we make our choices on on certain things. Um, How do we help people? How can you help people? How can we help people, apart from this podcast episode, 
how can we help people to open up potential? You know, we're born perfect, my true belief. We're born perfect. Life happens. It changes us. The curiosity of children, the joy of children, I know we've had that conversation, um, the curiosity of children, the joy of children is unparalleled. Nothing stops them doing what they want to do up to a certain age and then life happens and influences happen. How do we, how do we, I don't even know what the right word is. I'm going to say create. And podcast, you can't see what my hands are doing, but they're doing a very strange action here. How do we create, re, reignite the curiosity, the forward focused with positive intent, not worry and anxiety? How do we, how do we make that more open, allowable, accessible for people? Mm. Okay. Well, um, I think one of the things that's that that could be quite helpful here is to understand that as adults, we have what I would term um, an emotional backlog and an emotional front log. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, I didn't know I had a front log, people. I knew I had a backlog. <laughs> So, oh my Lord. so, you know, um, again, people might think, listening to this, you know, why bother with emotions? You can just put them off. You can manage them. It doesn't work, you everybody. Symptoms, you can, yeah. you can, you can, you can treat symptoms. You, and that's what, if you ask for advice, that's what people will say you can do. Yes. Um, or you can go into, you know, psychotherapy long term um, or, or some sort of short term um, counselling or something like that. You know, there's lots of there are options that you can do. But if you really want to, you know, you want my opinion, you need to have, you know, the fast way through is actually through this stuff. It's, yeah. The first step is the awareness that you have this emotional backlog and that you're yeah. carrying it and you might be carrying people you might be carrying relationships you might be carrying beliefs behaviors patterns um all these things that you've outgrown and you don't need to be carrying anymore yes and they are like a very heavy burden on on you um and the the emotional front log is all the things that you're you're frightened of in your in your future and we know from from all the sort of awareness of eastern religions and philosophies that you know the ideal thing is to live in the present moment because that's where the most yes. relevant information is how do we live in the present moment we have to engage with our emotional backlog and our emotional front log. And where they tend to sit is in our body. Now, the beautiful thing about doing um, healing work and trusting healing work is that it's a very organic process as you've yep. started to experience for yourself, where it isn't about the mind saying, I want to sort this out and I want to sort that out. It's much more about attending to the body and trusting that the body will reveal what the next layer is that needs to be addressed mm. or seen or heard. But we judge the things that we find within our emotional backlog. Oh, I don't want to feel frightened. Oh, I don't want to feel guilty. Oh, you know, I feel that. And and we either think that emotions are stuck and we they're always going to be like that. Um, or we think we can't, you know, we think we can't change them. Or or they're overwhelming. 
and um and so you know it, it's it's partly we the, the big thing we have to do is to change our whole relationship with our feelings and seeing them as messengers seeing them as ways into um being much more into our body and grounded into our relationships much more real much more real you know in in the world because our our emotions are about who who we are and and um listening to them and seeing where they can take us can takes us on this most amazing magical kind of journey yeah. once you can take off the um you know the, the the charge of the negativity of the of the judgment but what we do with that is we engage with the judgment and we engage with the resistance as well so we say, you know, what if, what if I can actually just breathe? And in a simple way, if we want to start with this work, what if I can just simply breathe, put my hand on my chest and allow myself to feel this resistance to doing this work? What happens if I could just breathe and stay in my body and 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 feel that judgment and just allow allow myself to breathe it and accept it what if i can accept start to accept my feelings rather than judging them or trying to get rid of them or trying to change them and what if i can can know that they're there for a reason and therefore um whatever happens if it's a fear if i put my hand on my chest and i just breathe into that fear and i'm present i choose to be present with that fear i choose to let it teach me whatever it wants to teach me show me what it wants to show me i know that it might be part of a wisdom or a guidance that i that i need and so i'm starting to change my whole relationship with my with my inner self mm. because this is part of the waking up process is 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 the work that we do within us within ourselves and it's very interesting because a lot of people that come to me are a, a long way down the route to um, success, you know, or they're a long way yes. down the, on the spiritual path. They've done a huge amount of stuff. They've done NLP. They've done yeah. counselling. They've done, yeah. um, you name it, they've done it. They've done the conscious leadership. Yeah. Done all this thing. But there's this one missing piece that they haven't yet done. And it's almost like life gets you and it goes like, you're not going to avoid this bit. You've got to do this bit, which is engaging with your deeper self and bringing back those parts of you. Because we're like a we're like a cast of thousands. We've got all these sub-personalities, you know, there's the rebel, there's the, the inner child, there's the, you know, the, the there's the bossy mum, there's the gossip, there's all these parts of us, right? <laughs> that we've yep. got to listen to and, and bring in. And one of the problems with that is that the voices in our heads are so loud. They're yes. so loud and they predominate. So the only way that we can start to listen to these other parts of our body that want to speak to us. And we've done a bit of this as well. You know, it's like your arm might want to say something. Your hands yes. might want to open the door to show you a picture. Yep. Your knees are hurting because yep. they want to show you something. Or you've got this something on your shoulder or your back's hurting. Instead of thinking, oh, right, I'm just going to take some anodine. If you say, right, well, let's, let's just put my awareness in that place in my body take it out of my brain that likes to think it knows why my back's painful 
and it knows my knees are like that because it because you know that's what happened to my mum had the bad knees so I've got the bad knees. yeah that's me everybody (laughs) and my my granny and my hips out because of that what if I if I look at it with curiosity and I'll give you a little I'll give you an example of that was um a woman I was working with once who who said, oh, I've got, you know, this pain on my shoulders and my shoulder thinks this and my shoulder <laughs> thinks that and my shoulder thinks the other. And I said, well, that's great. Now, hang on. Let's just go into your shoulder and listen to what your shoulder actually wants to say. <laughs> and this is where we start to, to hear and understand, Julie, that the body has its own wisdom. Yeah. It has its own communication system and its own way of communicating with us. And it's absolutely fabulous because it could be an image, it could be a symbol, it could be a word, it could be a whisper, it could be a sensation. Um, it could be absolutely anything that the body wants to commit. It could be a really important life message. And it could be a really practical thing. And it could be even, as an example I sent you before, wants to take us somewhere geographically <laughs> or to set us up for some synchronicity. I mean, it, it could be absolutely anything. So I was working this woman with her shoulder and she was saying, yeah, my shoulder thinks this and my shoulder's like, it's like that because of this and because of that. She had the whole thing stitched up totally stitched up so I said right so if what happens if we just go in and turn the brain off for a minute and that voice that's so loud in the brain and we're just going to go into your shoulder so I got her to switch her thoughts and her head off just for a moment to park the mind and go into the shoulder and took her into the put her awareness fully and totally and absolutely in her shoulder and there's a silence for a while while she puts settles into the shoulder settles into the tissue there into the awareness of being present with the shoulder in that moment and then after a while this word comes out from a very deep part of her and the word was donkey 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 but it came out like that donkey right and that was the shoulder wanting to communicate with her it had felt like a donkey because it oh. had all this stuff dumped on it, dumped on it, dumped on it that it was expected to carry and it wanted to wake her up to that. Oh, okay. So she saw it because she actually listened. She bothered to go into that part of her and actually listen, not to what her head thought was going on, but to what was actually going on and the way that that part of her body was absolutely desperately trying to get her attention to, to change, give her that message. To change what she did. she carrying all that stuff that she didn't need to be carrying. Yeah. And it caused that her shoulders that much pain. And of course, our shoulders are behind us. We don't really... Yes. We don't... Realize no. What we're picking up. Blimey. So we need to listen. So truly, we need to listen to what our body's telling us. Yes. And truly listen to what I would describe as the gut instinct because it's telling you something so if if people have because i find this endlessly fascinating if people have shut the gut down Mm -hmm. and they are not or they are in pain physical pain Mm -hmm. which they may be medicating Mm because that's sort of what we're told to do that's the norm Mm -hmm. 
Oh, what's the first thing they can do? Stop? Listen? What, what do they then do? What would I you mean, say? Well, I know. I'd phone you. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'd do. Catherine! Um, I mean, we can uh, laugh about that, but actually yeah, there is a level to that that's actually quite serious. Which yeah, is very. That, that you have to, you know, for most people, if it's new to you, you do need somebody to facilitate you yeah. to hold the energy enough for you to go into your body to listen, because otherwise you're you're trying to control the voices in your head and listen to the quieter whispers in your body at the same time. So until yeah, you've got okay. that relationship that's working with your body and you're able to listen to your gut and also to your heart because you know our hearts are so underutilized also yes they have this is our access to our with this is what we were born with is our individual access to our wisdom and um i was running a, a workshop once I remember and there was there was a woman there who it was quite an interactive group and they were sharing a lot in the morning and um, got to the afternoon and this woman hadn't said a single word. Yeah. Right. And then suddenly out of nowhere, this voice boomed out. And she said to the group, she said, I'm really worried. And we all, she suddenly had our attention, right? Yeah. <laughs> she hadn't said anything all day. So we we're like, right. We all shut up. We were listening. I'm really worried because my son, he's a teenager. You know, he's at school at the moment. All the teachers are telling him he's too loud and he's got to, he's got to tone it down and he's got to be, he's got to be less, he's got to be less gobby, right? Yeah. And I'm really worried that that will affect him yep. long term. Yep. Now, so she says this, and it's a room full of women, yep. and most of them reach out with their hands to touch her yep. body yep. and reassure her. Yep. Oh, don't worry about it. Yes. Oh, it'll be fine. Yes. Right? And don't we all love to do that with each other? And I could see that the more they were doing that, the more rigid her yep. body language was becoming. Yeah. So I simply said to them, right, okay, just take let's take our hands back, and um, and and I and I asked her to and I and they they, so they took their hands back. Yeah. And I said, now, if you'd like to put your hand on your heart, I want you to ask your heart this question. Close your eyes. Go into your heart. I want you to ask your question. And this is the question. Will what these teachers are saying to my son at the moment affect him adversely long term? So she put her hand on her heart. So there's a brief silence while she tuned into her heart. And then she said, from the deepest part of herself, she said, no, it won't. Oh, okay. And we were, and everyone sort of slightly taken aback, but that truth, Julie, the power of that truth that comes through your heart is totally, you can't even, is unquestionable. Okay. That woman knew for her herself son, yeah. through and through that it wasn't going to affect him long term. Yeah. That, Not anything that anybody could have said to reassure her. But would have had the truth. She was facilitated yeah. to find her own truth. How empowering is that? Yeah, it's incredible. 
It's incredible. And I also think it's really interesting that you've brought up an example of where other women are going, it will be all right. Actually, sometimes it's not all right and it's not up for somebody to tell somebody else who's got their own issue that it's going to be all right because they don't know that. And we don't know that as the other people. So I think that whole facilitated thing is really, really powerful. And where am I going with this? I think there's a a sometimes misplaced nurturing desire mm -hmm. for people, women, probably more than men. And that's not really a gender thing. Maybe that's just how we're built. I don't intend that in any other way than probably women more than men going, it will be all right. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. um, everything will be fine. When in reality, A, it's not our place to say that to people. And sometimes actually, that's a lie. We need to be able to look at the thing, whatever the thing is, into your heart um, and then work out what the truth is rather than pat it down. Perhaps that's where I'm coming. People pat things down because, oh, it'll be all right. Don't worry. Everything will be fine. And sometimes it's not. So like my friend telling me everything will be fine, I'll go to the doctors and get antidepressants. Uh, no, that's not happening. Why do I want to do that? Medicate myself to go back into a fog that I actually think I'm coming out of. Why am I going to go back into fog with medication that's going to cloud my brain and put chemicals in my body that shouldn't be there? My body's, it's interesting. I truly believe our bodies are fully capable of repair and we are fully capable of keeping them healthy. Um, and sometimes we abuse them. Quite often, sometimes we abuse them. Um, but if we look after our bodies, then our bodies will look after ourselves at the same time. And there are things that, yes, we may need help with. But if we looked after ourselves properly, whatever properly might mean, then we get a much better result at the end. And part of that for me is, A, it's the physical things we can do for our bodies, as in food intake, nutrition intake, uh, you know, water intake. But also it's the emotional health. If we are if we are looking after our emotions rather than suppressing them and saying, oh, that'll be all right, don't worry, you'll get over it type thing. If we raise the emotion, look after the emotion, nurture the emotion, care for the emotion, so we have the emotional health and the physical input of health, we are then so much more together sound, healthy mm -hmm. for life, family. The effect and influence we have on others is more powerful, is more positive. And if we've got that for ourselves, then we transmit that to our family, to our children, to our partners, personally. But then if we take, then take that into business, how healthy does the business become? Because we commute the well-being and I know that's a bit of a common phrase at the moment but it is about the being being well mm. and then what do we do what do we do with that I talk it I get there eventually I go in a convoluted route because actually I'm learning about this stuff at the same time as doing the podcast mm -hmm. but the well-being it's not well-being it's a being being well 
a being being beautiful absolutely beautiful because we are beings yeah wow i've just had a bit of a moment <laughs> oh this is but but that's the but that's the truth isn't it yeah we are beings rather than doings as somebody once said uh, just recently to me stop doing start being so we are beings and the more well the being is in its entirety the better off everything we are and everything around us is so all these well-being programs that organizations run mm -hmm. i'm really going to be interested to find out what they actually cover because what depth do they go to mm -hmm. So if anybody would like to talk to me about that, please do. <laughs> but just imagine, Julie, if, if we all knew and believed that each of us had our own wellspring of wisdom within ourselves. Yes. That each of our bodies had the healing capacity to heal itself with the yes. right facilitation, yes. the right understanding. Yeah. yeah. You know, with help, not necessarily on its own, but with yeah. the right mental attitude, the right mindset, the right belief system, the right meditation practice, whatever, that um our bodies could heal themselves and keep yeah. themselves in balance. And our emotions could could lead us into un, uncharted, amazing, uncharted, magical places, yeah. waters, relationships. Yeah. Um, if we knew that, then do you think we would be so quick to tell people what they should be doing when no. they ask for advice, or would we simply be doing what I've said? Just you know that example I gave you, saying, "Well, I don't know the answer to that." Yeah. But you do. So um, if we all did yeah. that with each other, you put your hand on your chest and I will sit here while you ask yourself that question. Yeah. And, and you find that out for yourself because if you find it out for yourself, you know it forever. You're not going to know it just for five minutes until I've walked out the room and, oh, yeah, you know, it's Catherine said that or Julie said the other. It's going to be such a deep knowingness because this is deep body knowingness, which I'm sure in ancient times we, we had access to. We, we, yeah. we understood this stuff, but we've, we've drifted so far from it that, you know, I can walk through high streets and I see people's bodies like... Um, the head is like a lollipop. It's like a lollipop on a stick, you know. The head is going along and dragging the body behind. Seriously, you know. And some bodies are just screaming at me. They're like, you know, listen to me, kind of, you know. Just, um, you, you know, there's so much screaming going on. It's not surprising the person feels pain because yeah. they're trying to live in this little bit of the body that appears above the neck right i wonder what percentage of the body that actually is is i know it's the heaviest bit because it's the brain is heavy but i'm just looking at the length of me and the length of my body it's a tiny percentage yes I'd if you always, really i always say to people what if you live from the neck down what if if you actually inhabit <laughs> the body and not the head Right. What happens if you um, like what happened for me many years ago where I started to live and consciously live in my heart space, in my heart space there, then from then on, rather than my head uh, being the dominant part of me and uh, my, my heart became the dominant part of me in the place I live from and my head has to follow my heart. Yeah, it's very interesting 
so me Only six inches, right? Between that yeah. and that. Oh, so, it's a long six inches. So my, my background is accountancy and audit. So I've just calculated my height in inches, right, calculated okay. how big my head might be roughly, and it's less than 10% of my overall height. Right. Now, <laughs> I have to laugh as I'm doing this. So if my head is less, ten, less than 10% of my body, mm-hmm. why do I take... And people that are listening to this, calculate what percentage your head is of your body, (laughs) as in height-wise, because your head's narrower than the rest of your body, so it's even less than 10%, Mm -hmm. if you really think about it. Why do we follow our head? I am endlessly fascinated by this subject as well. Why do we follow our head? It's less than 10% of who we are. But it has such a huge impact. Mm -hmm. But when you go to school... They're not really interested much in, you know, the, the, no. the voices in your body, yes. what's going on in your heart. Yes. <laughs> no, they're not, are they? They're only interested in sort of educating your brain, right? And and so we, we very early on get this idea that the important part is what happens in the head or what we think happens in the head. Because actually yes. when you... When you think sometimes that, that the mind likes to think it's got control over the whole body, yes. which is where the unconscious parts of us reside, yeah, um, and it will tell various parts of the body what to do, what it feels, and everything else. It's not open to being educated. It only knows what it knows, Julie. It's yes, not absolutely. To being educated by the information that our bodies are yeah. holding. Yeah. A lot of the time, people have no idea at all that they are carrying people in their consciousness, that yeah. they are carrying pain or loneliness that isn't even theirs, that yes. they've just picked up from somebody in their family who perhaps was depressed or had been abandoned as a child, and they're, and they're carrying somebody else's feeling. Yes. It's not even theirs. Yeah. So, so um, until you sort that stuff out and you can start to let go of that, you, you perhaps don't even know what it's like to be um, to be free, to be clear, to be open to, to the fullness of life and relationship because you're so cluttered. It's like having a cluttered room. You, you've got a cluttered, chaotic inner space and you don't know where to start. But the hope is that the body does know, you know, there is a natural organic healing process that can happen where one thing after another comes comes up in the most beautiful order, just like when you start looking at your life, as I was talking about earlier, and, and you, you pick up on the things that stand out to you emotionally each day that trigger you, what the other people say or mm. do or things that happen to you and you and you look at those if you're attending to those the body doesn't need to scream at you it doesn't Mm. need to shout and have massive dramas you don't have to have drama in your life to wake you up if you're once you're awake yes then you can live the awake experience and the step beyond that is where which is the fourth element that is when all your feelings have been grounded into the earth and um and you feel that depth and that richness, then the final thing happens, which is where that beautiful fire emerges up through our bodies, right? Yeah. And that is the fire of love. And we can become what I believe we're, we're truly intended to become on this earth, which is a powerhouse of love. Yeah. Powerhouse of love, blimey.
how much further would we all get if we had a powerhouse of love and everybody was a powerhouse of love? We wouldn't have any wars, would we? I just think that's, yeah, that's left me thinking. Powerhouses of love. Because with yes. your conscious leaders, how would your conscious leaders yeah. like to be experience have the not only be but have the experience of being a powerhouse of love because that means you're holding that love within yourself you're being a channel of that love within yourself and love is a force for good right it's an actual because most people again julie they have not experienced love as an actual feeling no they think love they'll say oh lots of love or i love you or this whatever and then they, but they haven't actually felt it in their body, the warmth. I mean, I've I've been so honoured on 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 many occasions now in my life to actually watch somebody feel this warm feeling coming up their body, and it's the first time. Oh, and they're like they're like, oh, what's this? What's this? I'm feeling this warmth coming up through my legs, and it's coming up into my. What on earth is this? And it's like. This is actually what love feels like. It's not a mental concept. It's not a no, codependent it's not. thing. No. It's an actual force that we can bring into our lives and into the world. And when we do, we can start to direct it. That's the exciting thing for your top business people to do. Once they, they, they start working with, with love as an actual energy, that can shift conflict, it can change situations, it can diffuse anger, it can bring in creativity, it can just bring in so much power and strength. But to get there, you've got to clear, got to yeah. be willing to learn from your life, clear the emotional backlog and the emotional front log. But that's not scary because there is such an integral, intricate, organic process that you can follow with a facilitator to be able to do that yeah it's very interesting you saying that because when I work with leaders um my phrase for me after 30 plus years of doing leadership management development work with organizations is that my saying is when I'm talking to leaders is you are seeking to serve Mm -hmm. and it's about seeking to serve the other party Um, to get the best for them within the organisation and for them within the organisation, which ultimately comes back round, that you end up with the best team because you're seeking to serve. So you get the best team. They have a fabulous experience of working for you in your organisation. And it's something like 98% of people leave the manager, not the organisation. It's the manager they leave because the manager or leader is poor. You seek to serve, you give them your service to create the best person they can be, and that means giving them constructive feedback and praise, support and challenge, because we have to have the balance to to develop and grow. It means that we deal with... um, we deal with the things that we have to give them constructive criticism on. And I, the reason I'm saying this now, because it is really resonating, I'm working with a manager in a business who has been, has inherited, I will say, a member of staff, been at this firm for 17 years. This member of staff is in an admin position, admin position, does reception and admin. She can't use Word. 
She doesn't know how to use Word. This member of staff has been in this organisation for 17 years in an admin role. And the organisation and various managers before the one that I'm now coaching have allowed this woman to... They haven't been of service to her because she now can't use Word. Now, if you think about business in today's 21st century in an admin position, you have to be able to use Word. You have to be able to use Excel. She can't. So she is now, I'm going to say, scared and fighting for her position, going through development now as a process that she should have done. Should have done. I hate that word. The organisation should have provided the opportunity for her to do 15, 16, 17 years ago. They've allowed the individual to not be of service to the organisation. The organisation's going through a restructure. Mm-hmm. The organisation is going through funding. Um, it, the funding is being looked at. What's going to happen to an individual who cannot perform and function within her role in an organisation that's going through a restructure? My personal belief is the organisation, I mean, one of the words I've used is criminal, criminally negligent because uh, I thought I can't, I can't express it any more eloquently than that because they've not served this individual. Mm-hmm. She's a square peg in a round hole is being disabled from doing her job because the organisation hasn't served her, the previous managers haven't served her. The manager that is now managing and leading this individual who is dealing with and providing them training is at her wit's end because she is dealing with somebody that hasn't been managed for 17 years, who's grown very accustomed and adept and skilled getting away with and using behaviours that push people away because she's defending herself. She's coming from a you know a deep inner defence, probably very well knowing that she's not doing what is she needs to do. Um, so where am I going with that? I think conscious leadership for all of us and this um, walking towards something that may scare us, may we may be slightly afraid of, as I have been on some of the, you know, especially on one particular um, session we did, I was absolutely scared witless and trusted you and it was fine. And what I was scared about, I have no idea. Still don't know. Um, but this whole conscious awareness or raising the unconscious to become more conscious and the awareness of what that is and why we do or don't do things in life mm-hmm. and in business how can you how can you help people how can you how do who do you want to work with well um i i i want to work with people that want to change the world that are changing the okay. world and wanting to you know up level upgrade uh, do more but find themselves in this kind of overwhelmingly painful period of their life and it could yeah. be like in your situation where there's too much bereavement that they, they they couldn't um work you know work with well they could have worked with it on their own but you know it might have taken years right? yes years on you you know that yeah to, to to work through um and they want to change the world now but in order to do that <laughs> it's important <laughs> when you upgrade yourself and you have um a higher goal or you want to you know you want to achieve more in life 
one of the first things that happens is that this whole, all this emotional stuff and the stuff in the body that you haven't looked at yeah. will suddenly rise up. Yes. And appears to be working <laughs> against you. No, you've got different choices then, Julie. Either you say, right, well, I'll just, uh, it's too much. The, there's too much resistance going on, too much fear, too much doubt. I uh, can't see what's going on. Therefore, I'm just going to go back to, to what I was before. Or you can fight it. You know, I'm just going to keep fighting. Yeah, um, it's painful. And then I, and, uh, or I'm going to find a way. And I see so many people, and this is a real, I think this is a real problem for conscious leaders. Um, thinking the answers out there, spending thousands of pounds on the next business yeah, course. Absolutely. The next yeah, absolutely. They're hoping that the course is going to fill this gap that they feel. This missing yes. piece that they feel. Right? Yes. But the missing piece that they feel is not out there. It is in, inside. inside themselves. Yeah. So they're looking in the wrong place and spending, investing a huge amount of money, often in not the place that is going to help them with that that piece of confidence, that piece of often self-love, self-valuing, that is, 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 is going to be the magic that will enable them to operate at that world-class level that they want yes. to operate at. So it's people that are held back by overwhelmingly overwhelming pain. Yes. That appears to be working against them because it's 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 like here I am, I've got the skills, I've got the contacts, I'm ready to go. But I can't get out of bed or um, in some cases people, what I'm working with, it might be that, you know, I just can't stay on the right diet plan. I can't, I can't stop drinking alcohol. I can't sort of get out of this relationship that I'm stuck in. I can't sort the kids out. Um, or I'm just, just, you know, it could be sort of any, any combination of, of, of things that appear to be standing in their way. But of course, yeah. this is this is the, the the big turnaround that needs to happen, is that the things that are most appear to be standing against you and standing in your way are actually the keys to your way. Yes. So it could yeah. be, you know, and, and sometimes it can be like there's one dragon there, you deal with one, and the next one is even bigger and is even bigger. Yeah. So this is not for the faint-hearted, this, <laughs> this, this approach. But if people really want to fly high and they really want to um, experience and be everything that they've, they've come onto this planet to be, and they really want to experience this love and, and connectedness, and um, the fullness of their of their giftedness and creativity, then they have to be willing to go on this higher path. Yes, and and this this is the path, and the path is the path of the soul as well. It's the path. The soul needs us to experience pain. It needs us to experience certain things because that is what brings us to compassion. That's what that enables us to become these conscious leaders. You know, it 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 melds us. It 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 teaches us. It it brings it. It gives us so many new dimensions that we can experience and play on and connect on. Yeah. And yeah. and so you know, if you if you're somebody that that you're trying to live with without your soul, your soul and your heart are gonna wake you up 
to saying, look, you know, if you've got to be a whole human being, not a part human being. And so these other parts of you often need to be heard, they need to be understood, they need to be listened to. Often with people, I'm having to have a listen to a dialogue between what their head's saying, what their inner child's saying, what their heart's saying, yeah. you know, what their neighbour's saying. And it's only when you start to actually listen to those different voices that they can come into some understanding of each other and some agreement or compromise can be reached about actually we are going to go forward and we are going to make this change. Um, but what I would say to people is look in the right place, which is within yourself and within your life experience. And if, if you're finding that hard to do on your own, just get the help that you need so that you so that you can experience this 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 wealth this wonder of 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 having a fully integrated and flowing emotional and spiritual self and and you are able to live and be in the moment where all the magic happens yeah it does as well i mean for the for the listeners i am an endlessly practical individual <laughs> in an endlessly practical business <laughs> um, with an endlessly practical background. Um, and it's taken me to the age of 60 to and mum dying to actually really start to look at heart and wisdom and in some respects emotions. And I think I've lived a pretty okay life <laughs> um but I've also recognized and I have I've sort of laughed at that and I have um but I've been in and out of relationships I have changed jobs roles careers a number of times so I've been on a I've been on a mission to find something without knowing what the mission to find something is and I I truly recognize that there are no coincidences or I believe there are no coincidences everything happens for a reason which I think more people are beginning to accept, is my belief. Um, <clears throat> so I truly believe that Catherine and I have met for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, and I truly believe that we're having this podcast recording for a reason. So for listeners out there, I hope one of you, two of you, three of you, a hundred of you, a thousand of you are the reason that you're listening to this podcast, this recording, whether it be on YouTube or um, on, the, on the Conscious Leadership Podcast, wherever you're hearing this and you're taking something from this that will enable you to take the next step, to go to the next level, to do the next thing that will get you to where you are supposed to be, not where you currently are. Because as somebody said to me the other day, but you're sorted. And I thought, I can put a front on of being sorted, but you don't see what's going on inside. You can hear the words, you can hear the experiences, you can see the career, you can see the success. And then when we compare ourselves to somebody else, that's not healthy. Um, and then when somebody says, but you're sorted, how can you have a problem? I'm like, well... What you see on the outside is not what's going on in on the inside. Um, and, you know, we can all put a facade on. There's this whole phrase about fake it till you make it, which I hate everybody. But you, we can we can learn skills. We can practice the skills. We can you do the thing that's required. But unless we really, I'm going to say heal, repair, 
keep healthy our inner being, our being, um, the external success isn't always going to be as successful as it could be, I think. You know, if you asked a thousand people what success meant to them, if you asked a thousand wealthy people, as in monetary-wise, which a lot of people chase, what's successful, those wealthy people can be as lonely, the loneliest souls on the planet because they've not got the inner emotional strength and happiness and choice and, you know, being well. <clears throat> so if somebody wanted to get hold of you, Catherine, mm -hmm. how can they do that? Well, I've got a website, which is one word, shiningonline.com. Yeah. Um, or they can bang me an email, you know, <laughs> please help me turn around my... <laughs> My emotional, my emotional chaos into fuel for fuel for greatness. Yeah. Um, and uh, that then that bang me an email to Catherine Veer at gmail dot com. Catherine is K A T H R Y N V E R E at gmail dot com. Yeah. Please help. I want to talk to you. <laughs> I, want to, I want to experience this inner wealth, this connection with my heart. However, however that that is for people. Um, and um, yeah, we can have a have a discussion about you know where they want to where they want to go, how they want to be, and. Um, and how, how we might be able to take them there. So. Yeah, okay, brilliant. Um, I'm going to say thank you. This is, and I'm, I'm looking at how long we've been talking, and it's quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> we could go on. For yeah, we could. Um, so I'm going to say huge thanks uh, for agreeing to be interviewed. I'm going to get you on the, I'm going to get you on an early session on the podcast. Um, I'm going to say huge thanks to you for this because I it's fascinating. And the more people... The more people I believe that know about an alternative to, you know, whatever the alternative to is, yeah, we can we can do, we can do more good. We can get the message out to more people. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say thank you very much. Thank you, Julie. Thank you very much. It's been absolutely wonderful talking to you. Yeah, you're welcome. And I'm going to say bye thank for now. Yeah, thank bye you, bye. listeners. Um, you know where to contact me. Catherine's given you her details. Um, yeah, so if you want to email me, connect at clavem.global, C-L-A-V-E-M. And if there's any leaders out there in business, potential leaders that want to talk to either of us, please contact us both. We're both very different, with different skill sets, with different learnings. Yeah, we can help you <laughs> if you need it. <laughs> so bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. You can contact Julie on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest and hear me out. Please subscribe to her YouTube channel for how-to videos and more content. And please message Julie to have your questions answered. Until next time, remember, knowledge plus action with a plan creates magical results. See it, say it, write it, believe it and achieve it.